We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the week, uh, what is this, week 12 show uh, of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. Hopefully all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family, food, friends, whatever else you partake in. Uh, But the Thanksgiving slate is over, Ian. There's still DFS, there's still sports betting to be done, not just this week, but for the rest of the year. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving, dude? And uh, welcome to the week 12 show. It was great. I hope yours was as well, Britt, and everyone else out there listening. But yeah, you know, I'm excited to get onto a new slate that won't be ruined by Josh Reynolds within uh, about five minutes of the entire day happening. So uh, yeah, man, this will be a good one. It's, you know, pretty, not as many games as usual to break down, obviously, with the three coming on Thursday. But I actually like the fact that we don't really have this, like, just major shootout uh, really sticking out. You know, we got Buccaneers, Colts, I believe, highest game total left in the week. And you kind of talk yourself into that. That one may be being uh, a lower scoring affair, depending on how the Buccaneers injuries shake out and if that run defense can slow down Jonathan Taylor. So a lot to talk about. Let's get after it, man. These major shootouts, they don't exist this year in the right. NFL. If we think you're right. We, what do we have last week? We had the Cowboys and the Chiefs and what's that 19 to nine. It's just like the, the shootouts have almost disappeared, which, yeah. um, you know, I do that millionaire maker article. Uh, I'm going to have my last one of the regular season, uh, I believe next week. 
it's just a it's a very different tournament landscape and what's been winning this year um so very just always interesting yeah, I, I the penalties are out of control <laughs> yeah but sorry to cut you off but like you mentioned like you haven't seen the winning lineups as many game stacks right usually it's yeah. just actually been on one side yeah that's uh definitely for sure uh but let's jump into this week's show a lot to cover there's still 10 games uh, and as always, we like to start it out with your mismatch manifesto, uh, a free article. If you guys are listening on the podcast feed and you ever want to check it out, you can't watch the show live or on YouTube on replay. Uh, you can get access to this for free over on Pro Football Focus. Uh, Ian, lots of information in here. Tell the people what it is. We get new viewers, users, listeners all the time here at Roto Grinders. And then let's jump into it pretty simple. I mean, when every time we talk about a mismatch in the NFL, it always comes down to, you know, offense ranks X in this metric, defense ranks Y in that metric. So basically all I've done is I've tried to combine those, get us a one way street. Where we don't have to constantly go back and forth. So I've done this with explosive plays, pressure, pace, yards before contact, pass yards per drop back and EPA to try to get a good landscape of the slate. And then Britt and I, you know, add the context that always matters and helps clarify things for DFS. So starting things off with some of the explosive pass play rates we see joe burrow mac jones tyrod and kirk cousins really popping out as the top four quarterbacks this week it's just kind of a matter of volume with all these guys so uh, we were talking before the show started just about how banged up that minnesota uh, defensive line is i do wonder if maybe we could see cousins be forced to kind of take on a larger load than normal if jimmy g and company can keep up their end of the bargain over there some guys that aren't looking quite as good daniel jones who is now looking like he's going to be down Shepard and Kadarius Tony this week. That's not ideal. And Ryan Tannehill, who might be down freaking everybody with AJ Brown unable to practice all week. So, you know, we got our best bets coming up, but like that Patriots six and a half points against the Titans, it feels too high until you actually start looking at the Titans offense. And it's like, I don't know who he's going to be able to throw the ball to at this point. Sure doesn't look good on paper. Yeah, that is the, I literally, that was the exact thing I talked myself into when I went to the sports book earlier that I'm like six and a half, I think it was even seven, but then you, you look into it and I expected all the Titans to be out that we just got the practice report They're It's they're starting an XFL team on offense this week outside of Ryan Tannehill, who himself has been pretty bad this year, uh, you know, mainly due to a lack of talent around him. So that Titans offense uh, should really struggle this week. Uh, let's scroll down in your article just a little bit more. And let's talk about uh, some of the uh, the pace because pace is one of the biggest things in fantasy football. It helps all the projections, uh, gives you more snaps. If there's a slow game with certain play players, maybe want to avoid them. If there's a fast game, maybe we want to use a couple of players from that game if it's going under the radar. Uh, what looks good and what looks bad in terms of pace this weekend? Yeah, they're pretty clear kind of Mount Rushmore top four games this week. Number one is the Eagles at the Giants. Could be a fun one. I don't really trust the Giants to get much done on offense, but we got Saquon sitting there at just 6.3K on DraftKings. Maybe we get a nice, you know, post-clapper bump going on from Daniel Jones and everyone involved. Uh, we'll see. With Philly, you know, Hurts, Goddard, um, and obviously Devontae Smith, and maybe, just maybe, a little more Miles Sanders than usual with Jordan Howard unlikely to play. So that, uh, you know, usually is that 
against the East battles, I think, end up being lower scoring games, but perhaps this could be an exception to that rule. Already saw Raiders and Cowboys play out in the other uh, faster paced game. Keep an eye on Falcons at the Jaguars, which is so gross, but hey, we're getting Cordero Patterson back. Uh, we're getting some coach speak about LaVisca Chenault. Maybe this game can at least give us one or two guys that are able to kind of win on volume. Some of the slower paced games, Steelers, Bengals, and Titans Patriots really standing out on the main slate. Uh, all right. And that, uh, oh yeah, Cleveland, Baltimore, that one. Uh, I was betting a lot of uh, yeah, Baker Sunday Mayfield night. under props on Sunday night. Uh, so that game was fresh in my mind, but that game yeah. does look to be uh, a very slow one, which is certainly good uh, for the bets I put and hopefully that plays out the way I want it to. Uh, let's look at pressure rate. This can be great for uh, me finding a diamond in the rough defense or finding a quarterback that could have a clean pocket. Uh, quarterbacks generally with a clean pocket tend to have more fantasy points. Uh, what are we doing uh, on the offensive line and defensive line? The two veterans, Tom Brady and Big Ben, should have all day to throw this week. We'll see what shapes out with these wide receivers. I mean, AB's already been ruled out. We'll see if Evans is able to play. And if not, I mean, getting up to Chris Goblin and Cash might be a necessity because against this Colts defense, I mean, 10, 12 targets to that dude. That talented of a guy could go a long way. And then with the Steelers, man, I think Deontay Johnson is actually right in that same group and also cash viable because if Big Ben can at least have some time to throw, which it looks like he'll be pretty good in that quest, he should be able to, again, just add a little more efficiency to the already ridiculous volume that Deontay is getting. I mean, it feels like he hasn't had that great of a year, but you look at it and it's like, okay, his efficiency has only been meh, but you don't need to be that great when you're getting 13 targets per game. He is the wide receiver. 10 and full PPR points per game through 11 weeks. Some guys that might not have as much time to throw to a Cam Newton. I think some of that's a little bit still an after effect of Sam Donald, you know, holding the ball so damn long throughout the year. And also Carson Wentz uh, standing out. You know, Britt, I was so wrong last week when I was thinking, hey, we got the freaking uh, Colts going up against the Bills. Might be a situation where the Bills can keep up on offense, slow down Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Maybe it'll give us the Michael Pittman volume we've been looking for. Obviously, that did not come close to happening, but some might say the process wasn't too wrong. And once again, this week, we got a Buccaneers team. Should be able to score plenty and potentially enough problems at the line of scrimmage to have Carson Wentz have to throw the ball a little more often than we're used to. So I'm going back down to Michael Pittman. Well, here's hoping we get some better results this time. I'm going to take the under on five Jonathan Taylor touchdowns this week. Call it a call. Ooh, call, call, call you, man. I'm getting frisky. Call that the, <laughs> the, lock, the lock of the week. I do want to... Um, I've been in Chiefs prop shop. If any of you guys are in the Discord on Roto Grinders, um, or if you haven't, you can join it. It's a it's free to join. Uh, one of my favorite props of the week. We talk a lot about prize picks. Uh, Carson Wentz nine and a half rushing yards. I'm on the over on that one, big big time. Uh, he scrambles a lot, and it looks like the pressure rate is going to have him scrambling a little bit here, Ian. So uh, I wanted to throw that in here as one of my favorite props uh, of the week. If you're over on prize picks, uh, scrolling down the rest of your article. Uh, let's get to yards before contact for running backs. There's a there's a plethora of good running backs. I think earlier in the season we saw there weren't really too many running backs, and with so many injuries, now we have a lot of running backs that we want to use because they're getting all this volume. We've talked about that pretty much at length uh, all season long on this show. What are we looking at here in terms of uh, matchups? You mentioned Miles Sanders earlier. It looks like he is a pretty good matchup. Anyone else really standing out this week? 
Yeah, Sanders and I mean, it counts with Jalen Hurts as well. I mean, you look at what he's been able to do uh, on the ground this year. He's literally a top 10 producer in terms of pure fantasy points from only rushing production. So Hurts and Miles Sanders against this Giants defense should have all sorts of open running lanes. Also got the Jaguars, you know, James Robinson actually not on the final injury report this week. He's been playing through a heel and a knee issue. It hasn't like really limited too many of his touches, but he's kind of gone from like a 90 percent snap guy to more of a 60 70 so hopefully we get more of a healthy version of him up against that Falcons defense and then we also got the Rams sticking out Daryl Henderson man like did he sleep with the draft queen at some point like I don't know why he keeps going back under 6k despite having all the sort of volume and workload we're looking for but once again here we are and I think with this matchup he is cash game viable some of the more rough situations the Falcons Steelers and Titans Titans you know we're staying the hell away from there no matter what uh Steelers and Falcons at least we have Najee and Cordero Patterson if he's active with the sort of receiving rules to I think overcome any potential problems at the line of scrimmage and Daryl Henderson it's just he visits that blue tent way too many times that keeps his salary down because it keeps him off the field for a quarter here and there and it just uh just keeps that salary just a little bit too low uh, on all, all the major fantasy sites uh, all right let's finish this up let's go to EPA per play uh we've had some good luck over the years looking at uh, maybe underdogs who are much better on EPA per play than the favorites. Is anything standing out this week? Um, I don't know. What's your overall take on, on this week? Yeah, two squads uh, are the Browns at plus three and a half and the Seahawks who were a pick them um, the last time I saw. Obviously, it's just a question like, can we actually get the better version of these offenses? Because at full strength, you know, yeah, I think the Seahawks and Browns can win both of their matchups without too much of a problem. But with Baker, he's playing, you know, whenever Roto World is sending out their Baker Mayfield practice tweets, it's just like Baker Mayfield, everything, not practicing on, uh, on whatever day it is. So, yeah, it's just been rough for him and really this entire, uh, passing game for the Browns. So they're getting Kareem Hunt back. Maybe that brings them a little bit uh, closer to 100%, but not too willing to make a super strong stand on that. And then with the Seahawks, man, like if we can get the usual version of Russ, I think everything will be fine. Like this Washington defense, now they don't even have Chase Young to help rush the passer. There is no way this secondary should be able to guard Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, but the problem is, if we're not going to see even close to the usual 100% healthy version of Russ, I'm not super convinced uh, he can take care of that. So We'll see what happens, man. But uh, it's a good week of games. There weren't too many. Like usually uh, with these EPA things, I see much bigger contrast between some of the games. They're looking closer. What about the Bucks? So they're like, what, plus three or three and a half at Indianapolis. Yeah. That looks to be like one of the biggest differences this week here. Is that something we should take note of? Do we expect the, the Colts to be able to put up a fight here? Can't Is Jonathan Taylor going to go nuts the, every game for the rest of the season? just for the rest of his life, maybe at this <laughs> point, uh, the big, so I mentioned the Evans and AB injuries not being good, but the real big news, the one that could get back is Vita Vea. They're uh, just all world run stuffing defensive tackle. I mean, if you really want to look at individual defensive players and like the impact they can have on the opposition's run game, I think Vea's uh, is right up there at the top in terms of guys that opposing running backs won't want to see. So I was a little curious about that, uh, about that line as well. I feel a lot better if that offense, was at full strength but you know what probably wouldn't be uh, as low as it is if they were so yeah I don't hate the thought of going with Tampa at all I mean the Colts yeah like other than Jonathan Taylor going absolutely bonkers they've been good this year but I don't think quite as great as a team needs to be a takedown defending champs 
Yeah, a couple of uh, Bruce Arians says uh, the, the one, the Colts are fully healthy. There's not a single player, I think, on the injury report. And it looks like Mike Evans, Vita Vea, um, the, the quote from Bruce Arians a little earlier today, they're all trending in the right direction and making steady progress. So I think we're going to see a reasonably healthy Buccaneers team as well, minus Antonio Brown. So that does look to be one of the marquee matchups this week. Uh, as always, guys, if you are listening to this on the podcast and you do want to read Ian's article, there's a million more things in there. It is free over on Pro Football Focus for you to read each and every week. Other than that, Ian, uh, let's get into what's becoming probably one of my favorite portions of the show is the sports betting. I can't wait. I again made the trek to the sports book today because I still can't do it online here in New York. Waited in lines that are way too long. They don't have enough kiosks for you to make your little bets at. Just a horrific experience. I can't wait to be able to do it from my phone, but I go there every week. And we're on a lot of the same stuff this week. I changed a couple of the bets I like because I bet I think the lines are a little wonky this week. And this late in the season, uh, I think you do have to take advantage of it. So I made uh, quite a few more bets than I normally do. Uh, I'll let you start on a couple of the games I think we were both on. Uh, Why don't you start on Green Bay? They're like plus one and a half or plus two against the Rams. And then Minnesota's plus three uh, right now. I think those those are two we were both on, but I'll let you talk about them. Yeah, with the Packers, I mean, you look at them throughout this year and you could argue they're the best team in the NFC. And yeah, we got Rodgers playing through the pain with his toe. He sure looked fine last week, dicing up that Viking secondary. I mean, for him to go over 300, three tutties, you know, really with ease, I'm not so sure that he won't be able to continue to keep on keeping on in this spot. Packers defense has really looked great all year long, despite not having Jair Alexander and Darius Smith. I know the Vikings had some success and I could see the Rams doing the same, but at the same time, this Rams offense has looked miserable in the two weeks before their bye. Stafford literally hasn't completed a pass thrown more than 20 yards downfield since week eight. So I don't think they really deserve to be a road favorite when you could argue that the Packers are the better overall team to begin with. So I'm happy to take them at home. I also like the Vikings plus three with the chance basically just to win the shootout against Jimmy G and company, not having your entire defensive line. uh, Some would say that could be problematic, but it is just one of these things where I don't think the 49ers have necessarily done enough on offense or defense to be a favorite over a team like Minnesota, who I believe that stat still persists. Like they have led every single game this year uh, by at least seven points at one uh, at one point or another. So really a huge win for them over Rodgers and company last week. I think that's a game we get used to seeing uh, Cousins and company drop nine times out of 10, but credit to them for getting the win. And yeah, I just think, again, based on them being the better overall team, I'm happy to take those uh, three points. And then finally, Patriots uh, minus six and a half. We did get word that AJ Brown is ruled out. And at this point, it's like, what can you even expect from Tannehill and company on offense against the league's single best scoring defense in New England? So maybe they shocked the world, but Mac Jones, even if I think the little bit of the you know mainstream media is uh, just really going on and on about how great Mac Jones is, and he has been fine, even if that's a little bit overrated, I do think he has enough uh, juice to score 20 plus against pretty much anyone, particularly the Titans. And if you can get over 20 points these days, I'm not so sure Tannehill and company have the firepower to, to keep up. Yeah. So I like the Vikings. I like the Patriots. What I've done is I always like the teasers. I've combined those into a teaser this week. You there get you like go. minus 120 odds at both. Um, but the that you get the Vikings six point teaser to plus nine, the Pats go to minus five or minus one or minus 0.5 or a minus one, depending on your book, you combine those two. Um, the Vikings haven't lost by more than seven all season. 
and they basically played close games all year long and have beaten some really good teams along the way. So I like them quite a bit. And the thing is they have the offensive firepower without question to match anything San Francisco can do. So even if they're up by like, if somehow San Francisco is up two touchdowns late and the Vikings have the ball, they can get that extra yeah. backdoor cover pretty easily. So I like that Vikings plus nine and the Pats to win basically is what it comes down to um, on, on that teaser bet. And I think that's uh, as close to a lock as you can get this week. Uh, the other ones I like is the Eagles are minus three and a half against the Giants. So it, the clapper, he's gone. You mentioned him, but also there's no Kadarius Tony. There's no Sterling Shepard. Saquon Barkley looks like he's just had too many injuries. I think this year to, to really fully recover, um, hasn't really done anything. They got completely embarrassed by the Buccaneers. And I think the Eagles, they have found their identity. It's run Jalen hurts. It's used the run game. Their defense is playing a lot better. The giants have nothing on offense in less Jason Garrett being gone is some great epiphany. And I got to be honest, I am a little worried that it could be because he's not a great play caller. The Eagles are a much better team here. Three and a half seems a little bit too low. I like them quite a bit. And the other team I think uh, that Vegas has just wrong is the, the Chargers are just a better team everywhere on the field than the Broncos are. And they're just two and a half point favorites. I know they're going into Denver, but you just look at it, right? You've got Look at the quarterback, look at the running, running back, maybe right. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have been pretty good, but Austin Eckler is better than them. Look at the receiving crew. Look at the defense. It's just better all over the field for the chargers. I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want on offense uh, against the Broncos and the Broncos team is just, I think they're just starting to fall apart as the season comes to an end here. Um, don't have a lot of faith in them. So I think the chargers getting less than a field goal at two and a half uh, looks pretty juicy to me. So my picks are the Eagles chargers. I like that Vikings Pat six point teaser. I was complete. I'm completely on board with you with the Patriots six and a half Minnesota three plus three, the Packers. Those are all things I bet this week too. So we're on the same page. Uh, hopefully we can uh, get, get on the same page at the end of the week as well uh, with some big wins there. Uh, all right, let's get to, I, I guess we can talk some DFS, but before I do, uh, get to all of that. Uh, I need to tell you guys about Jock Market. Uh, stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You can buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. And if you download it now, you get a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code grinders. So you put 50 on, they give you 50. It's available instantly, right? So you, now you have $100 in your account. Uh, so get this, if you are a first-time player on Jock Market using this first $100, they have what's called the first market guarantee up to $100. So if you lose that $100 in your first time playing on Jock Market, they will refund you that $100. So it's basically a risk-free shot to check out Jock Market. I've tried it out personally. It's fun. You can do it uh, maybe an hour or two before the lock. You bid on players in real time during the game. You could buy and sell shares. It's a fun little game. Check it out over on Jock Market. Uh, all right, let's get to DFS this week, Ian. And you mentioned this at the beginning of the show. We don't have that Kansas City-Dallas game. We don't want that game anyway, but we don't have anything like that. The closest we have 
is the Tampa Bay Indianapolis game. And at the quarterback position, I think Tom Brady, I think he's fine to use for cash games, but he is a little bit expensive if you want to get those skill position players that can really decide the week, right? It's very rare we get a quarterback that puts up 40 plus fantasy points, but there's generally one or two skill position players that can flirt with that on, on a weekly basis. So that's where I generally like to spend my money. So cash this week, I've got three guys. It looks like we're sort of all in the same ones. The low tier we're both on is Cam. Why don't you talk about him? And then I'll give, if you're looking to spend up a little bit more, I got a couple other options. I think it's, I mean, look, we were pretty much on Cam last week for a lot of the same reasons we are this week. The problem was we had that freaking report before. It wasn't a report. It was freaking Matt Rule telling us that, hey, he might not play all the snaps. P.J. Walker will be in there. Of course, Cam did play all the snaps, including the first one. So at just 5.6K, I think he's a good $500 underpriced relative to what we should be expecting from Cam moving forward. And that is consistent low-end QB1 production. So to me, that's great because getting up to Brady, it's good that he should have Evans, but at the same time, awfully expensive for someone that, hey, if they don't happen, if they happen to score more of the touchdowns on the ground just by some fluke, you know, get to the one yard line, we don't have that rushing floor with Brady that we do with Cam or Jalen Hurts, who at this point, I don't hate it. Like we didn't get Hurts as long as he plays four quarters, we're getting a top 12 performance. It's just more, again, a factor of like, is he priced up a little bit too much now? So I'm just happy to take the salary saving with cam i mean i guess you know i see you have justin or herbert here as well i don't hate it but at the same time we don't have like a free square cheap tight end this week i don't even think like the best case running backs kind of like jeff wilson at 5.3k i think it actually is more important than normal weeks to try to save some money at quarterback if we're able to your boy James O'Shaughnessy, isn't he back this weekend? He is, bro. That's why I had Dan Arnold. No, no, I, I've seen that. I'm on you, Britt, because we cannot do Dan Arnold because of that. We don't know, yep, man. James O'Shaughnessy true. throwing another wrench in the slate, man, just like he's trying to do. Uh, you were onto something there, week one, and then it turned. Then we then we just got to use Dan Arnold for a while. Yeah, but I think I think Herbert. If for some reason you, you don't want to take Cam, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't. But if for just for some reason you you didn't want to Herbert sixty six hundred, I think he's too cheap given his upside. We saw against uh, Pittsburgh. We've seen it multiple times this year. Sneaky runner too. He has the ability to have plenty of yards on the ground, get a rushing touchdown, all that sort of fun stuff. And then if you just want to be able to air it out. You've got um, Tom Brady in a dome against the Colts. The Colts have been able to be had through the air all season long. It looks like Mike Evans is going to be back. You've got Gronkowski back. Chris Godwin looks to be one of the better plays of the week at wide receivers, specifically in, in PPR full point scoring. Um, so you have what, what are very three different tiers, right? Cam at 56, Herbert at 66, Brady at 76. Those are probably the three quarterbacks I like for cash games. And you, of course, you can mix all of them in in tournaments. Um, but my favorite tournament of the week is this Minnesota-San Francisco game because I think both offenses should be able to put up points almost at will. I mentioned I think the Vikings should be able to, you know, I, I'm not worried about the Vikings getting blown out at this game. I expect a close game all throughout with the talent they have on offense and their shaky defense might allow San Francisco Maybe it allows Jimmy Garoppolo to not turn the ball over three times because uh, that's what he does like to do, specifically at home, which is where this game is happening here. I think Jimmy G might be a little sneaky. He's got plenty of weapons. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, whoever is the starting running back in this game, I think is plenty fine too. So this is the game I'm looking at as the sneaky tournament shootout of the week. 
The Vikings have done it multiple times a season. The 49ers have enough firepower. And I think both those quarterbacks will end up with low ownership. Yeah, I think the Cousins uh, call in particular is pretty sharp. His I've done it all. We've, we've been talking about this all season long. And he, Cousins hasn't had that 35-ish, but he's had plenty of 25, 28 oh, yeah, man. fantasy points. And if you pair that with the correct receiver, you're on your way to uh, to, a, to a good outing. He's been sixth or better on the week in four of his last five games. Yeah. Like the days of Minnesota running this offense where Dalvin's just only, you know, Dalvin's eating and like no one else, like those are over. They're letting Kirk cook a little bit and the defense really them like taking a big step back is what's allowing everyone to be able to put up some big numbers. Yeah. yeah. What else are you looking at in tournaments this week at the quarterback position? I, I think a fun one. Cause like cam should be uh, you know, relatively chalky at quarterback. I know it's usually pretty flat, so it's not something to worry about, but if you just want to go a hundred cheaper to Tua, it's a unique roster build. I think for some of these tournaments, you can get Tua, waddle and Mike Jasicki, which is a concentrated top two targets for, for him. You can get all those guys for under six K and that will really allow you to get up at the position. I mean, we'll talk more as we get to running back and wide receiver, but there's so much value between that, like five K to kind of the low six K range. I think a lot of people are going to be making lineups just more filled with the min price type guys. So anytime you're able to really go against the grain in terms of just your lineup construction, um, I think it's a good idea. And this week, again, just making sure that your core is cheap enough to go get some really high price ballers at running back or receiver um, could make a lot of sense. So Tua and those guys, pretty easy to bring it back with McCaffrey, maybe even a DJ more. And then finally, I think in this Cincinnati game, Joe Burrow and company, like it only took him 18 pounds attempts to throw three touchdowns against the Steelers last time they met in week three you know in a again a week that doesn't have that Cowboys Chiefs we keep using that even though it wasn't a high scoring game but the game that you would expect to shoot out you got to kind of look a little closer at some of these other matchups to see who could potentially um, surprisingly uh, do that and I do think Steelers Bengals fits that bill jamar chase went from being like the single screaming like regression candidate after the first six seven weeks because how can you be that damn good over and over again to suddenly like he's honestly primed to bounce back in a positive direction because of some of the just unluckiness that him and burrow have had particularly downfield so again another matchup where i think there's enough condensed targets with chase with higgins with uh you know going back the other side deontay Najee, fryermuth it could be a fun little game stack to try to get on. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Chase, we'll get to that in a little bit, but I love Chase for tournaments yeah. this week. I don't think a lot of people will be going to him. Uh, before we get to running backs, uh, I want to thank all of you who watch this live. We do this Friday at 3 p.m. here on Roto Grinders on the YouTube. If you do uh, are watching this live and you like the show, you like Ian's article, uh, you like the choice of clothing I wear or Ian's <laughs> headphones hanging off, off of his head or mine. Uh, please click the like and subscribe on YouTube. And if you are watching this live and sometimes you do have trouble, right? Three o'clock on Friday can be a little hard to, to get to live. Um, we do offer this uh, available for free, downloaded right to your phone on the Roto Grinders podcast feed. Um, so please check that out as well. Uh, all right, let's get to running back for cash. And we've got this convoluted quote from... Uh, Matt LaFleur about Aaron Jones here. So this is a 425 game. We I'm we need to pray to the Schefter gods. Uh who who's the Fox Sports guy? The the Jay Glazer gods. Jay Glazer, right? goat, yeah, yeah, we we need one of these guys to give us the definitive Saturday night overnight or sun early Sunday morning. What on earth is going to happen with Aaron Jones? So what basically happened is LaFleur came out and said 
if the guy is medically cleared by our team, they're going to be full go. And I think uh, Aaron Jones did practice today. He's practiced all he, week. Yeah, he's practiced all week. But then he also said we're cognizant that we have a bye week next week, and we're going to be careful. So I don't know what any of this means right now. What it does mean to me, I think at the moment, Ian, is that if Aaron Jones is out, I'm playing AJ Dillon on my cash teams. And if Aaron Jones is in, even in any form, I think we got to take a step back on Dillon. It's just tough. We like doing the show on Fridays because we get some of the news. We just don't have the full puzzle here. So this is going to be a big point on that's going to shape pretty much all the teams around the industry this weekend. Yeah. And if not, I mean, I just think it's pretty easy to tell this week, like where all the heavy majority of these cash game running backs are coming from. If you can get up to McCaffrey at 9K, like, okay, lock him in. You can stack him with Cam Newton and not really think twice about it because they're both just such unique, uh, so unique in the way they go about picking up their fantasy points. But otherwise, man, we got another one to worry about is Elijah Mitchell if he's going to play. Because if not, we got Jeff Wilson going up against a Vikings defense that, again, is down their entire starting defense defensive line usually doesn't care really too much about stopping the run as it is and I know he busted last week but come on for him to get 20 touches and be a better ball from Jimmy G at the goal line away from meeting value I'm down to go back that back to that well mm-hmm. we also got to look at Ramondre Stevenson who was a midweek addition of the injury report I think Damian Harris as a home favorite against the Titans would be in play without him obviously AJ Dillon without Aaron Jones and then also we got Henderson at 5.8k and even Saquon and James Robinson at six. Point three and 6.2. So that $1,000 stretch from Wilson up to Saquon, again, like I'm good with almost five running backs from there, depending on how some of these injuries shake out. We just got to kind of wait and see what happens. So I want to throw, you mentioned Elijah Mitchell. This just crossed uh, still in a blue, no contact Jersey on Friday, but he appeared to be doing more with his right hand than he did earlier in the week. I don't know. You're in a, you're in a no contact Jersey on Friday. You're going to, you're going to play on Sunday in. Probably not, man. Apparently he's not even <laughs> holding the ball like in his uh, his right hand. He's going lefty only. You got Debo. You got Jeff. It's unfortunate, man. But, yeah, I, I would guess right now that Mitchell will not be playing. Yeah, we'll have to see what that does here. Couple, you mentioned James Robinson. So he's off the injury report, which he was dealing with some foot injuries. And if, if he's like instead of playing 50 or 60% of the snaps as he's been hurt, they lost Swagnew too. He's gone. So there's, there's more running back snaps. I know they want to get LaVisca involved i'll believe that when i see it not exactly. when i not when i hear it um from the jaguars because we've seen him sort of take a back seat but if robinson gets his snaps back up he's home against atlanta which is the nuttiest matchup basically you can have uh atlanta's allowed the third third most fantasy points in a game uh so far this year to running backs uh, i looked at the pff team grades they're 22nd that's not not good uh and in the last four weeks they're allowing 30 plus fantasy points a game to running backs and if robinson can command a bigger snap share than he has over the past couple of weeks and gets all the touches and the Jaguars are able to keep this game close. If he gets those 20 ish touches, I mean, he's going to smash against the Falcons. There's absolutely no doubt about it. So I like him quite a bit. And then you've got all those other guys in that tier that you mentioned. We just got to see how the injury news breaks out. So you will have to watch some of the shows later this week on Roto Greeners. You will have to look at lineup HQ. And if you have Derek Hardy's blitz projection system, see where it all shakes out as the, the week progresses. And hopefully we get some more news before Sunday morning, because what I really like, I like when I wake up on Sunday morning at like seven 30, 
the, literally the first thing I do in bed, I type Schefter on Twitter and I see who's in and who's out. And I like when I have all that news, I'm hoping we have it by the time Sunday morning comes around this week. Britt, so if we get, let's say Jones, let's say Jones or Mitchell are out so we can get one of Dylan or Wilson, we yeah. got Robinson, we got Henderson. Like, do you feel the need to get all the way up to McCaffrey now that we have like a good I don't group think of so. I, I think McCaffrey certainly projects as the highest like he, he projects as an amazing play for sure yeah. at 9,000, but I think his ownership is going to be relatively low. If all the injuries fall the right way for the backup running backs, for sure. If, if uh, Aaron Jones is in, if Elijah Mitchell plays, if a couple other things, let's say James Robinson, some, you know, Hey, I'm off the injury report, but I'm still hurt. Right. If things like that happen, McCaffrey's going to shoot up the ownership projections. But uh, I think that what the f- the Miles Gaskin 5,600 to Saquon Barkley tier is just full of players that I think are going to end up being highly owned this week. What about Gaskin? Can we even, can we play him against Carolina? I'd rather not. Well, have you seen uh, him this whole year, man? He only balls out on, um, on a odd number of weeks. So if you All just right. want to go we're back that. on, we're back on that stat. All right. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, look, he's fine in tournaments, I think. But you just, why would we go with Gaskin when Henderson's only 200 more? Like, I just think there's better options than Gaskin. That's Literally, it's every other week. He has a good week. So that's what I'm last, saying, man. Fancy doesn't, doesn't have to be hard, Britt. Uh, all right. Uh, tournaments. So I think with everyone going to that tier, we said it sort of last week. And I don't know if Jay, if uh, Jonathan Taylor made the list, but it sort of was the the premise, right? Where where everyone's using these mid-price running backs. If you spend up, your build looks completely different. And there's a ton of high, mid to high price running backs that can absolutely go nuts. You've got Saquon, Dalvin Cook. I, I think he's going to have a massive game. You got Jonathan Taylor again. He did it against the Bills. Can he do it against the Bucks? And even though he had five touchdowns, no one's going to be using him this week because that's just how DFS is in terms of salary. When the salary goes up that high and there's so many cheaper running backs, they don't really get used. So he looks good. You can use any of those guys instead of CMC. You can use Najee Harris instead of CMC. And while we project CMC to be the best running back, it's not out of the question that any of those others, specifically Cook, Jonathan Taylor, and Najee Harris with their workloads and upside and all that, can beat out CMC. And I think CMC will at least double all of those other guys in ownership, no matter what it what no matter what CMC's ownership ends up being. He will be probably double Dalvin Cook, double Jonathan Taylor, double Najee Harris this week in terms of ownership. So don't be afraid to mix it up at the top. It's not just CMC or bus. These other guys can certainly get there in a tournament. And then your lineup also looks very different. Yeah. Uh, a couple of lower price. I, I agree with you. If you can get up this week, um, I do think that's probably going to just give you a more contrarian lineup build than others, but some other kind of mid price guys that if you want to still go with that build type, but not get and not be hitting all the chalk. I think Javante Williams at 5.2 K against the chargers defense, where if Javante just gets his usual 15 touches, like they might be bad enough against the run regardless for him to just eat. Or maybe we get that, you know, familiar post by rookie bump and he actually does take over. 
Keep an eye on some of these injuries, though. We got the Broncos right tackle 50-50 to play. And the left tackle Garrett Bowles is still on the COVID list. So I'm going to be off Javante if he doesn't have his pair of starting tackles. Might go down a little bit to Miles Sanders at 5.1K. 98 touches without a touchdown this year, Britt. That is the most in the NFL by far. No Jordan Howard. I mean, okay, maybe they keep annoyingly keeping Boston Scott involved. They activate Kenny Gamewell and all that. But Jalen Hurts can't score three rushing touchdowns every single week. At some point, it is going to go back to Miles Sanders. And as we saw with some of our yards before contact stuff, this could be the week where he does finally uh, be able to bust a big one or two thanks to that advantage at the line of scrimmage. And then finally, uh, Leonard Fournette, who uh, just continues to have uh, one of the most fantasy-friendly roles in all of football. Like He is a top-five running back in terms of expected points. He's got the fourth-most targets among all running backs. I mean, going back to all the offseason stuff about wondering like how much Giovanni Bernard was going to take away, the answer, not much. And now Rojo is completely uninvolved as well. So, uh, again, just trying to z- zag a little bit off people maybe really getting into more the Tampa Bay passing game or looking at the running back on the other side of the field. Don't forget about Lombardi Lenny and that two touchdown upside he has each and every week. Uh, Before we get to wide receiver and tight end, I want to remind some of you that watch on YouTube or listen on the podcast feed uh, that you can get Roto Grinders premium. So if you want access to the ownership projections that Jamino does every week, if you want to watch crunch time, if you want to play basketball, right? Our, our basketball projections are absolutely amazing. The crunch time show with Meansy and Roth uh, during the week is a must watch. If you're playing NBA DFS, um, you can get all that on Roto Grinders premium. If you don't care about basketball at all at all, you can just get an NFL or we offer all sports in one uh, sort of subscription for you to check it out. If you want to take your game to the next level. Uh, all right, let's get to wide receiver. Uh, I think for cash games, my lineups are definitely uh, the first guy I penciled in this week is going to be Chris Godwin. Um, there, there is someone who you, you mentioned Deontay Johnson, who you could really, if you use those two, Chris Godwin is certainly going to get his targets. Um, basically what does he have? 19, 31 and 28 fantasy points in three of his last four. The other game was a 12.7. And no matter how this game goes, you know, Godwin is the safest bet in that receiving crew to, he's not really going to disappoint even a 12.7 at seven K it'll stink but it's not like a goose egg. It's not going to kill you at the end of the day. Um, very safe sound with upside at 7K. I think he's great. Deontay, you mentioned it, 13 targets in what, four of his last five games, and he's just 6,600. It's wild. Big Ben has just continued peppering him week in, week out. And I, this game, while the pace is a little slow that you mentioned it from your article, I think both teams can can put up some points here. I think Cincinnati's going to be able to do what they want against Pittsburgh. And I think Big Ben, while he's not great, he knows what he needs to do. They hand the ball off to Najee Harris a bunch, and then they throw it to Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryer moves quite a bit. And you've got Claypool stretching the field to open it up for everyone underneath. Um, so I think Deontay at 6,600 looks pretty good too. If for some reason you can't get to Godwin, um, a nice consolation prize would be uh, Deontay at 6,600, but I think you can try to get both of them and just really have a, a, an immense target floor for two wide receivers. Godwin's probably priced a couple hundred too low, but 
Deontay's at least like five or 600 too low. So get that value at the high end and get those targets for sure. That's why I've kind of soured on uh, really paying up for McCaffrey because it's yeah. really hard to get up a wide receiver than if you're devoting that much to CMC. And I think uh, there's, I would rather pay up for Goblin and Deontay versus that running back. I think there's more than enough value from that. Again, 5.3 is 6.3 uh, range to not have to go all the way up to CMC. So yeah, if you can get Goblin and Deontay, absolutely sign me up. And then from there, we also have some mid 5K guys to feel pretty good about as well. Brendan Ayuk officially out of the doghouse. Absolutely love to see that. He might catch the Patrick Peterson shadow, but I think in the year 2021, that like warrants an upgrade. They brought him back uh, from IR last week and said, oh, you know, go guard Devontae Adams. And he did okay enough when they were one-on-one. But that's the other thing about these shadow matchups and why we shouldn't worry about them too much because Devontae still scored two touchdowns in the slot because they don't move Peterson into the slot so we can get Ayuk versus Mackenzie Alexander whenever we want. So I think he's fine there. Jerry Judy at 5.5K. We've seen now in the four starts with Judy and Teddy. I mean, they're just feeding him the ball way more than Patrick or Sutton. Uh, So I'm fine with that. And then also Michael Pittman at 5.6K. So among that group, I would probably feel the safest about Judy. And then it's kind of like a draw between Ayuk and Pittman. I'll give Ayuk the slight um, advantage. But yeah, more than anything, if you can get up to Deontay and Goblin, absolutely. Because I don't see many ways where either guy is finishing with fewer than 10 targets. Yeah, Pittman has sort of disappeared in the Jonathan Taylor, you know, run he's had the last couple of games. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to continue this week. So I think Pittman should really see his target shoot up to 56. He might be a better tournament play though. Like that's the only reason I'm yeah. kind of I, I might like Ayuk, especially if Elijah Mitchell's out because Debo turns into a running back and Ayuk's basically the default number one wide receiver. We've seen that uh, happen. And I think that should continue. And with him being out of the, the doghouse against Minnesota, you know, they're down their whole defensive line. Uh, they're down who they lose in the secondary a week or two ago. Oh, um, they just got Peterson back, uh, but they, they all suck, man. Like the, the best corner is Peterson. He's like yeah. 66th in PFF cover grade. So, so I think if we got backups out there. That's even better. Yeah. Luke's got seven or more targets in three of his last four. Uh, so really solidifying uh, his role. And I don't know. I, I don't think this is, this isn't a Kittle matchup for me. It's more Debo and Iuk. Um, yeah. So I like Iuk and then Pittman. Pittman sure tournament, but I, I think you can even be rewarded with him in cash games and that we don't have there are a couple fringy fourth you know sub five thousand dollar plays but they're not really there this week so i don't see myself doing an odell beckham at five thousand a van jefferson at 4900 Corey davis at 4800 visca visca is maybe the one but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know if to. I, yeah, I can't do it. I'm going to, if LaVisca has the big game, I'm certainly not going to be the one playing him on my cash team. I'm going to need to see it for a week or maybe even two before. And a salary is going to go, I'm going to miss the LaVisca hype train. You know, when, when that happens for my cash teams, I'm okay with that because that five to six K tier is so good. And then that mid six between Deontay and Godwin. So good. I think that's where I'm going to be spending this week. Yeah, hey, we'll like go Cam, James Robinson. I'm fine with James Robinson. Let's not yeah. get carried away in this Jaguars offense. Yeah, so. that's why Cam looks really good at that $5,600 yeah. price tag because it helps you get everything else. Uh, all right, tournaments for wide receiver. 
A couple guys I was looking at, um, by far the number one leverage spot of the week is going to be Mike Evans over Chris Godwin. Um, I think Evans is going to play. Um, I don't know if he's completely off the injury report, but I believe he returned to practice on Friday. So that looks to be, you know, you're going to get a four to one ownership discount, maybe three to one um, as if Mike Evans gets fully cleared from all that, because he's also more expensive, right? He's 7,200 instead of Godwin, that's 7,000 everyone's just going to play Godwin instead of Evans extreme leverage there while getting the same game. That makes a lot of sense. And then I mentioned, I like Jamar chase. You gave all the reasons earlier. He's just run really bad on those deep balls and against Pittsburgh, they're still down a couple of guys in their secondary and not playing as great of football on the defensive end recently. Uh, I'm hoping you like Joe Burrow as a tournament play. I like Jamar chase on the tournament side. And that looks to be, um, you know, a good pairing for me for for someone I want to use for some upside. Um, what what are you doing? Are there any cheapies out this week? Or are we like like you've got Van and Odell, and I think they're slightly interesting. You you mentioned Visca, but everything else looks pretty gross for like cheap wide receiver plays this week. Like Nico Collins, maybe, but no, like I don't want to do that either. Seriously. So I, I don't think you can really go that cheap this week, but there's plenty of room to at least get a little bit of salary relief. I think Van and OBJ, I mean, those guys could both be up a thousand dollars next week, depending on how Sunday goes. It's just been a struggle for them to really be hitting that deep pass. As we saw Vikings versus the Packers though, like a good lethal passing game can take this uh, Packers secondary to school, whether or not this will be Stafford this week remains to be seen, but we at least know they're capable of doing that when everything is clicking. I also like a lot Elijah Moore at just 5.6K against the Texans. I mean, it does look like Corey Davis is going to be out there. I know we got Zach Wilson back, but the big thing for Elijah, he's been producing now for a good four or five weeks, but a lot of that was tough to feel good about. It was coming at garbage time and he wasn't even playing ahead of Crowder. That did change last week. He started for the first time since like week three and he actually did finally work ahead of Crowder and snaps. Imagine that, you know, using the guy you drafted at 34th overall over the guy you forced to take a pay cut to even stay on the team in the summer so good to see there i do think visca is more of a trap uh real quick though i think another good leverage opportunity you mentioned evans off of goblin which i 100 agree with how about claypool off of deontay johnson i know we got the report that like he's got bad turf tone he's not feeling good he's not in the injury report though and he's been playing through it so like this isn't an injury that is new that we need to wonder like oh how's he gonna be producing through it he's been playing with it and it sucks that he's not 100 but at the same time i think a lot of guys in the NFL are never close to 100% and you know credit to Claypool for just being truthful about it so I do think Chidobia Wuzier will be shadowing Deontay which means Eli Apple is on Claypool and I do think that's one of the more uh, matchups that we can feel especially good about in terms of how those shadow dates go so consider pivoting off Deontay to Claypool in tournaments also Elijah Moore and those Rams complimentary options what, what I mean the number one player of the year Cooper Cup Fantasy MVP. We didn't even talk about him. He's 9,600. Seems like if he's going to go under the, under the ownership radar, maybe we just want to use him and get our 45 DraftKings points. (laughs) He's got seven (laughs) catches or more and 90 yards and all but one game this year. Like the floor is the freaking roof for that guy. I don't hate that call at all. Uh, All right, let's get to tight end. And you mentioned, we always like that 2500 to $3,500 tier at tight end. And it God. looks pretty <laughs> gross this week um, for anyone that you might want to use. So we're spending a little more than we want to. 
but I don't think we have to spend up to the Kittles or the Kyle Pitts because there's, um, I'm eyeing Dallas Goddard, he's 4,800, and I'm eyeing Rob Gronkowski, who is 4,400. And then we're getting the Pat Fryer move at 4,300. Between those three in cash games, I think that's where I'm going to be looking. It people are going to play Evan Ingram. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to be that are. guy. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, I'm going to spend up, and I'm eyeing Gronkowski pretty hard here. Indianapolis has been not great against tight ends all year. He comes back and has a monster game. I think we can expect him to be if Evans is at all right, not a hundred percent. Who's going to be the red? Who's going to be the end zone target here for Tom Brady? It's going to be Rob Gronkowski. Don't forget to start the season. He had back-to-back two touchdown games. You get that he's had eight. He's had eight targets in three of his four healthy games this season. That is too low of a price tag for Gronkowski. And I'm thinking that's the guy I'm going to roll with this week. It just looks too good, but I wouldn't fault anyone for going Goddard um, or Fryermuth. But I, I mean, just for a hundred more, do you want Rob Gronkowski with Tom Brady throwing him the football in the biggest shootout possible of the week? Or do you want Pat Fryermuth <laughs> catching the ball from Ben Roethlisberger in a slow game, you know, outdoors in Cincinnati? It seems like Gronkowski for a hundred dollars more seems like the play. Yeah, Gronk's the safer bet. I do think uh, if you have Goblin, maybe it's just that. Like if you have, if you decide to go with Goblin and not Deontay, then maybe you could go Steeler, Buccaneer and not stack the pass catchers if you're not going uh, with Tom Brady to begin with. But just one versus one. Yeah, I don't know how you can't project Gronk for more. The case for Evan Ingram is that we have Shepard still out. Kadarius Tony is doubtful and Kyle Rudolph is doubtful. So Darius Slay is going to be in there probably taking away Kenny Galladay. I mean, if Ingram can't get it done in this spot, it is never going to happen. But with that said, I'm doing everything in my power to find those extra $600 and just get up to Gronk. Is the cheap, like for tournaments, there's not like a cheap tight end we can the use. The only one that I could talk about for more than 10 seconds as maybe someone to go get is Pharaoh Brown for the Texans. They've been utilizing three or four tight ends almost every week all year until last week, Jordan Akins, usually their starter was a healthy scratch and they gave Pharaoh Brown this 80% plus role. So he, to me, like he is the type of sub three K tight end we want to shy away from because I don't think they're necessarily a good enough receiver to make it work. But if you want a sub three K guy that you at least know is going to be on the field, maybe he catches a red zone touchdown. Maybe, maybe just maybe Pharaoh Brown is your guy. But if you tell anyone that I really touted him, I'll call you a liar. I'll, I'll throw you a Donald Parnum red zone touchdown. How about there that? You go. At there 2,700. What, what are we, I just see the ownership getting pretty congregated this week around Goddard, Gronkowski, Fryermuth, Ingram, probably. Is there, can you make a case for Kittle or Pitts, Gasecki? Gasecki for sure. Um, but the, the high end pits, like he, he's just, he's really disappointed the past couple of weeks is 6,100. seems like a lot to spend for him. Kittle would probably be the guy, but I'm definitely on Ayuk and maybe Debo. Um, I do like Jimmy G so I could understand that in a tournament. I, I don't know. It's just not a week. We don't have the Darren Waller. We don't have the Travis Kelsey. We don't have the Mark Andrews. I think the mid tier is probably where I'm going to live mostly. 
Gusecki, though, I think would be the guy to get to in tournaments. Again, he's their number two receiver that they happen to call a tight end, and that's just pretty rare to see at just 5.3K. Also, uh, if you want to go um, – I can't do it. I wanted to go Dan Arnold at 4K coming off the week where he goose-egged oh, and everything. Your boy's back. James O'Shaughnessy, <laughs> my guy, as everyone knows. Can't say uh, James O'Shaughnessy without mentioning Ian Harditz. But, yeah, just too much uh, uncertainty going on there if Arnold will continue to have uh, the real the full-time role so yeah with Pitts man he has one touchdown all year and it was one that Jets decided to guard him with a freaking defensive lineman near the goal line so with at that point like only 300 uh less than uh, George Kittle I'd rather just give up the Kittle if you want to really spend up at the position all right give a couple defenses and then we'll wrap this up here in yeah, just I, I think you can go all the way down to Jacksonville at 2,200, particularly in cash this week. The Falcons have scored three, three total points in their last eight quarters of football or go up 100 to Houston at 2,300 against Zach Wilson. Both teams are at home. They're at home. They're not. They at least have at least Jacksonville as a redeeming pass rush. You can't say the same about Houston as much. And they're facing offenses that, again, are not good by any stretch of the imagination. So really, if we can just check two of those boxes, you should be feeling pretty good about your cheap D. Uh, just some quick stacks with the running back and the defense, I think, make a little bit of sense. Austin Eckler and the Chargers going up against Teddy and company. Miles Sanders and or Jalen Hurts going up against Daniel Jones. We know he's prone to a couple backbreaking fumbles per game, it seems like. Mixing the Bengals against Big Ben, A.J. Dillon and the Packers, um, you know, doing their thing. And also Ty Johnson, who we actually didn't bring up, benefiting from Michael Carter not playing this week, doing that Ty Johnson with the Jets against Houston. No, it doesn't sound all that good when you say it out loud, but at the same time, weird things have happened in tournament land. You know, that's what we're trying to do out here. All right. I think that's going to do it for the Week 12 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show. Uh, as always, great doing this with you, Ian. You can go check out all of his work over at PFF. And again, if you want to read through his article in much more in-depth than we go over on the show, you can do that for free uh, over at Pro Football Focus. Uh, with that, happy Sunday, everybody. Hopefully there's less penalties called than there were on that Thanksgiving slate, and we can enjoy some actual football being played this weekend. Uh, for everyone who's watching, we greatly appreciate it here at Roto-Grinders, listening, downloading, however you are consuming this. Uh, much appreciated. And uh, for Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.